You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 6. I want to share with you. And then also, I have to, uh, I have to uh, uh, apologize for something I said Wednesday night. In fact, Greg's probably going to have to pull that whole sermon off of, uh, of the, uh, the website there. Because I went back and listened to it, and uh, I didn't explain myself, once again, as I never do. And uh, I basically talked about both my wives. Uh, in, in, in a present tense thing. Uh, I do not have two wives. I only have one. You get killed, okay? Uh, uh, so it was a, and when I, when I, and there was no way of fixing it. So uh, I was told that afterwards. I got texts. I got memes. I got all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, so for those of you that understand the backstory, is my first wife passed away over six years ago, and God graciously blessed me with a wonderful, wonderful wife that I have now. And uh, so, uh, and instead of saying, well, anyway, so Greg, you get to take that one down. And uh, I, so all of you that were watching and all of you that watched that, I, I repent. So anyways, <laughs> it was uh, a little embarrassing, but, you know, you, you see, if you mess up publicly, you got to repent publicly. <laughs> Amen? It's okay. But you know, I started something on Wednesday night. I just shared something, and then it was the message was fantastic, but um, uh, it had a few flaws. <laughs> but the Lord just began to deal with my heart about sharing along this line. And I want you to look at this in Genesis chapter 6. Uh, and this is talking about on the days of Noah. How you know in Matthew chapter 24, it says that at the end times, that uh, everything that's going to happen is going to be back like the days of Noah. And so let me just read this and you'll understand because we're going to talk about your imagination this morning. We're going to talk about your minds. We're going to talk about your, your emotions. We're going to talk about things, but really we're going to talk about whatever we're thinking and how we're imagining things, what we've got to guard and what we've got to take hold of because uh, many times we've allowed our imagination to defeat us. Uh, in fact, not many times, most of the time we do, but what we have to do is God gave us an imagination for it to work for us in a godly realm, not in a bad realm. But look here in, in Galatians, or not, in Genesis chapter 6, um, look at verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Amen? And then the Lord said, I'm going to destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repents me that I have made them but Noah. Everybody say, thank God for Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One. I don't know how many thousands and thousands of people were on the earth at this time, you know, but we do know that God found one. Hallelujah. But it said this, go back to verse five. It says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Man, how many of you know that anybody that doesn't have the Lord Jesus Christ, their thoughts are not good. 
And you, we need to understand that. And when you understand that God gave us an imagination, but most of the time we use our imagination for a bad thing. Now I want you, to, if you would with me, let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go over into the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. I can quote this to you, but it's better if we go look at it and, uh, and see it and take hold of it. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to begin reading verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. How many aren't you glad that we're not in a flesh and blood battle? We're not warring after people. Those that are being, even those that are ungodly, even those that are doing all stupid, they're not our enemy. The enemy is Satan, okay? And the enemy is the devil. But he goes on to say, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Notice that he said there in verse 5, I want to read it again. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into captivity every thought is a full-time job. Amen. Did you know that? Bringing into captivity is understanding that we can't allow our imaginations to run wild in a bad way. And for, for, for many years, for me, even when I've ministered and preaching, I used to think, okay, we got to, you know, you, you know, you can't think on good or bad in the sense of trying to say, man, wouldn't it be great to look at this? But then you get uh, uh, disappointed because you're hoping and you're imagining, hey, how good things can be. And yet God gave us that and he gave us that so that we could believe him and look and see on the inside. You know, it's funny because 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So what was he talking about there? You know, in fact, let's just go over there. Go over there. You're there in chapter 10. Go over to chapter 4. And uh, in, in what, he, what he's sharing is back up to verse 16 when he says, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, Hallelujah! Actually, second grade. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in five. Never mind. That's that's five. That's not. There's four. There we go. That's better. (sighs) For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He's talking about the inside of you, your spirit man, knowing what spirit, soul, and body is, because he says, for our light affliction. Guess what? Everything you're going through now is just a light affliction. It, it's but for a moment, for it works for us far, a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, which means we've got to look at things in the spiritual realm, but we've got to look at things of the way God sees them and what God wants us to see and what God has for us. Amen? We, we got to understand that our imaginations or our, our thought processes or, or what we're thinking on is what we become. Proverbs says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. And then yet God gives us these other scriptures that says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could even ask or think according to the power that works within you. 
What is that power that works within you? Well, it's the love of God. It's the spirit of God. But it's also your, that, 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 that spirit that's on the inside of you that illuminates your mind, that brings life. And your mind begins to say, glory to God, the sky is the limit to what God can do. Yes, we're living in perilous times. We're living in the last days. But glory to God, we got a miracle working God. We've got a miracle game, and we've got to begin to believe what the Word of God says and begin to see ourselves, hallelujah, touching lives. Do you know why most people never share Jesus with people? It's because they never see themselves sharing Jesus with people. Do you know why people don't usually lay hands on people and, and try to pray for people? Because the Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. You know why most people don't ever do that? Because they never see themselves doing that. Do you know why most people don't ever succeed? Is because they never see themselves succeeding. They don't have a vision of what they're looking for. They say all the right things, but on the inside, that's not going to happen for me. I know what you want to hear. I know how you want me to act when I come around you. See, God told us to be transformed. He didn't tell us to be transformers. He didn't tell us to be performers. Okay? Hallelujah. You know? I mean, we need to understand, we look at this. See, anytime you talk about your mind, your soul, your emotions, it's something that we have to do. And we get caught up thinking, well, I've been praying for God. Listen, stop praying for God to do something that he's already told you you need to do. Okay? Amen. We can pray for God's help and everything, but God's not going to do it. God's already done all he's going to do. He's waiting for you to side in with what he's done for you so that you can receive it. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, God tells us that we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to control our thought. The Bible tells us we're supposed to bring in uh, captivity all of our thoughts. We're supposed to bring them into, into, into uh, control to the word of God. We're supposed to cast down imaginations that try to exalt itself against the word. Anything that's contrary to what God said may be a fact, but it's not truth. And you've got to ask yourself, am I speaking truth? And the only thing that's truth, Jesus said, my word is truth. It's speaking what the word of God says. It tells us that we have to grab a hold of our thoughts. And we have to grab a hold of our thought life right now more than ever. Because many of you, you know, the, the, there's, it's, it's hit at home now. Now you're going to have to make challenges because your jobs are saying this and your jobs are saying that. And we're seeing it all over to where, you know, they're coming in, in which they have no right. right. Nobody has a right. Nobody has a right to do that. Nobody does. No, no, supposedly not in our country. You know, we're supposed to have freedom. We're supposed to have free enterprise. We're supposed to have, you know, uh, what's going on. But it, obviously that's trying to be taken away from us. Whether you, no matter what standard, what, that's what's trying to be taken away from us. You need to understand what God is saying and what God wants to do. See, here's the thing about it. Most people say, yeah, but I just feel, listen, your feelings are, are a direct byproduct of what you're thinking on. They are totally tied to that because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? The Bible declares that, you know, that without a vision, people perish. What that means is without a vision, people run around and they act wild, actually, is what the Hebrew says. They run around and they don't receive. They, don't, they have no concept. They have no boundaries. 
You got to have a vision. You got to have a sight thing of what you're looking at and what you're seeing. And what I do, yeah, I want you to start imagining. I want you to, you know, cause, I want you to just start believing, seeing, man, what God can do. Amen? Because when you imagine what God can do in your life, how to, and you begin to see that on the inside, you'll, you're always a, a, a looking, you got to get it on the inside before it ever comes out on the outside. Because believe it or not, your life is exactly how you pictured it. Sorry. Because if you change the picture, if you'll change what's on the inside, doesn't matter on the outside, you know some things are happening. Amen? You know, the Bible declares some things. Let me just give you, I'm going to give you six scriptures real quickly here. The Bible declares, and I'm going to read them real fast. You're not going to be able, but it says this. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, God gave you a sound mind, discipline, and self-control. Romans 12, 2 says that you're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Colossians 3, 10 says, and you've got to put on the new man, which was renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Colossians 3, 1 says, set your mind or set your affections on things above and not on the earth. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? And then 2 Corinthians, which I just told you, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. See, because grabbing a hold of your thoughts and grabbing a hold of your imagination enables you to receive from God and it also enables you to release. And it's not mind over man. It's not mind science. It's taking the word of God. It's taking what God said and changing what's going on. Because let's look at Ephesians chapter four or chapter three and verse 20. It says, now God is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Why did, why did he use all those you know, adjectives? Adver- why did he use all that? Because he wanted to get across. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. Wow. But it's, you know, he, he tagged it. He said, but it's according to the power that works within you. It's according to what you have on the inside of you. We get to thinking that, yeah, you know, look at this, look at that. Listen, listen, I tell you what, I, I, I am so amazed at God, so blessed at what God has done. It's so amazing. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all things going on, God turned around and enabled us to purchase this facility, to do everything. He ended up putting a million dollars cash in our, our, our bank accounts, and, uh, and we still just sit back and marvel, because he did it with you. He did it with you. How come he didn't do this 20 years ago? What's wrong? And he did it without asking me. He just did it. And then he turned around and he made a way and he, and, he, and he just did exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could have even asked or thought of. And then he turned around and says, because you keep limiting me. I'm like, I want to get out of the way. Let me get out of the way. Just keep doing what you want to do. Amen. I mean, we, we see this and we understand this. Let me read uh, Ephesians 3.20 out of the New Living Translation. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish, accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, here's the thing about it is your imagination is the ability to see with your heart what your eyes can't see. And you need to use your godly imagination to see you finishing strong. 
Yeah, we are in the days of Noah. Yeah, everybody's imagination in the world is, I mean, they're just throwing things out here so that it can get ready for the mark of the beast. You guys understand that. That's what everything is. How Who's all going to comply and do things and who's going to, we're going to force you and do it. It doesn't, they're just, the, the whole thing, that's what it's all about. Trying to, to for, that's all it is. It's all getting everybody ready to have to do things. But as the church, we got to understand, glory to God, this is our finest hour. We are at the two minute warning, glory to God. We can see the finish line. We can see what they, and we want to bring as many people with us, hallelujah, that we can. Amen? Now, see, over in the New Testament, when it doesn't really talk a lot about, it talks of different things in imagination, but really in the New Testament, hope. How many of you know that hope is so important? And how many of you know that many people have lost hope? They've lost their vision. They've lost their dream. And if you say, well, what is your vision? What's your vision? You know, I've been asked that a lot now. What is your vision for this place? What is your vision? And, and how much time you got so I can tell you, I have a lot of vision. So I said, well, Jesus is coming. Why don't we just throw up our hands? No. Hallelujah. We've got to keep having vision and, and keep going because we want to harvest uh, so many people to get born again. We want to get, cause great influx. We want to see so many people coming to Jesus. Amen? And so we do want to do that. But we're not building bigger barns just to build bigger barns. We're building things so that we can house the folks that are going to be coming in and helping people and dealing with things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, if you don't have hope, then guess what? Your faith has nothing to work with. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, if you don't have any hope, if you don't have any imagination, if you don't see yourself, you know, it's amazing, you know. If you don't see yourself getting old, you probably won't. And I'm not talking about, you know, just being a child and all that while you're still old, but on the because he trusts in you. Amen. You will keep him in perfect peace because his mind, that word mind is actually the word imagination. It's what you're thinking. What can God do? God can do it. You come in and go, oh my gosh, look at this. this." You go, that's no big deal. People get real, what do you mean it's not a big deal? They said this, they're doing it, it's a big deal. Say, no, no big deal. Aren't you a Christian? Don't you serve God? Isn't God your father? I mean, that God's hand is upon us. Hallelujah. When we see this, things change. Now, how do we do that? How do we guard our thoughts? How do we stop thoughts from just bombarding? Oh, my goodness, this thoughts are just kids. They just keep coming. Do you know that the only way that you can stop thinking and, and the thoughts that you're... I was reading the story, and I thought it was kind of cool because it reminded me of some things in my life, but I'm going to share his misfortune instead of mine, okay? And so, because he was saying, he said, he went on a trip, and his car broke down. So he said, because so, he had an old car, he's just trying to keep it going, and it broke down. And so he had to borrow uh, somebody else's car, and then that broke down. And, uh, oh, what happened? No, no, what happened with that one there? It didn't break down. He borrowed it, but he scratched it, so he had to... His, insurance had to pay for a whole new paint car on that so then he said okay we're not gonna be this way. we're gonna go get two new cars he got two new cars the next day that he backed up he ran into his wife's new car <laughs> he said you know he said by that time I realized okay <laughs> I don't ever want to go through a day like that again so Lord here's what we need to do here how, how, how do we how do we handle this and it wasn't the Lord doing any of that 
It was the enemy just continuing. And, and he said, you know why he was doing that? Because all what was coming out of my mouth was complaining. All that was coming out of my mouth was, ah, can't believe this. What else can happen? Well, if you keep saying that, there's some what else can happen. Then everything, I started saying what God was doing and things started changing. Here in Philippians chapter four, look at verse eight. He said, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. He tells us what to think on. He tells us what we have to imagine is that it's got to be good. See, when you share that, I just don't understand why people don't rejoice and know that. Listen, if the story's not good, the story's not over. God said, David said this in Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So listen, if you're still here, goodness and mercy should be following you. Goodness and mercy should be following you. We look at this and say, well, you just take the word of God and you think you can just apply it to your life. Amen. I am. I'm living what the word, because I'm taking it because God, and that's what I see in my life. That's what I see. I see God meeting every need. I see God doing what he needs to do. I see God bringing us out. I see God doing it. And the Lord, when I was meditating on this, the Lord gave me this from when it says, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Because while I was meditating one day, and I was thinking, he said, listen, the thoughts that you have, do they bring praise unto me and life unto you? He said, because if they don't bring praise to me and life to you, they're not fit for your thought life. See, if, if, they, if the words or the thoughts that you're thinking, and of course the words that you're speaking should do, but the thoughts that you're thinking, if they don't bring life to you and praise unto God, they're not fit for your thought life. Why are you thinking them? He said, because I told you to think on those things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Amen? Bringing into captivity every thought. Is this thought bringing life to me? No. Is this thought, what do I got to do? See, because if the devil can control the direction of your thoughts, he controls your destiny. He controls everything. You're a reaction instead of an action. And, And listen, that's what we've been. We've been a reaction. As the church, for what's going on, we've been a reaction. We've been reacting. Amen. But now we need to be an action. We need to be an action. We need to be a voice. We need to be a place. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's, it, 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 there's going to come a time where you're going to have to believe God. Oh, that's going to be so exciting. <laughs> See, I'm already doing that for you, but I, I want you, it's going to be exciting when you do it. Amen. <laughs> But someone says, well, how do I, you know, thoughts come from several different things, but thoughts mostly come by what you hear, what you see, and what you do. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Paul said, what you hear is what you see, and what you see is what you go do. He also said those things with you both learned and received. How many you know that you can learn some things and you don't have to receive them? 
You can learn news. You can learn facts. You can learn about a lot of stuff, but you don't have to receive them as true for you. Amen? All of us had to learn things in school that we might not have liked or might not have believed. Amen? And we learned them. Why? Because we had to pass the test. Amen? But I didn't receive them. I didn't, that's, that's not something I'm going mean, to... But those things with you have both learned and received. See, people learn the word of God. They can quote the word of God, but they've never received it into their heart. Because when you receive it in your heart, it changes you. Because what you see in there, that's your imagination. That's what I'm talking about. Your mind and, and your will and your emotions is the soul that's connected to your spirit. It's those things working together. And if we can get you to renew your mind, if we can get you to get an imagination of, of God's glory and God's power, God's grace, God doing great things, God meeting and supplying everything, God making sure your business is going making sure that you're going to be supplied because God's your source. It'll change everything about you. Amen. It really will. It changes everything. It's so awesome. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Matthew 13, Jesus talking to me, he said, he said, a good man out of the good treasures of a heart bringeth forth good things. So there's treasures you have in your heart. And of course, those treasures, when I say your heart, I'm talking about your spirit, but also talking about your soul, which is your thoughts, amen? It, it, it's those things that you have. It's also your beliefs. It's also your attitudes toward your beliefs. I'll never forget, and I'm going to use this as an, as, as an example here, but my dad, you know, me and my dad were, were best friends, you know, and, and we just, we, we, we did a lot of sports together, and uh, we were just really, really close uh, when I was growing up, and also just, you know, when I was 17 and stuff, it was just a, a, my senior year in high school, because there were some issues that, that, that happened, and so we were just doing things and enjoying uh, each other's company and stuff, and he was enjoying, I think, living, reliving his second childhood, but... Uh, Anyways, my dad never saw himself old. He never saw past certain things. And my dad died at 53 years of age, okay? He died of cancer, uh, and I had the privilege of doing his funeral. And so, but anyways, he, he, never, he, he, he never did that. And I remember when he got uh, diagnosed and when they told me he had a tumor and it was cancerous, and I said, Dad you know, let's believe God. I mean, I know what the word of God, I've already been pastoring for several years and I said, I've laid hands on folks, here's what we're doing. I'm ble-. And I remember talking to him in my kitchen and I said, what that, the word of God. I said, you got you know, you got to, what do you believe? And he said, I don't believe, you know, that, that, that God can do this. He said, you know, I said, God, dad, you got to be ready. To, you got to be ready to die for your beliefs. He said, I'm not ready to do that. Now, see, the funny thing about my dad is, is that my the devil lied to him so much. It was so terrible because my dad believed that, that Jesus healed sickness, but that Jesus wouldn't heal diseases. See, my dad had migraine headaches, and he used to, we, as kids, we'd have to tiptoe around the house. It was terrible, and, and, and things were happening. And my dad laughed himself well, and he never had, it, it never it was like, hey, this is cool. Then he got diagnosed with arthritis. His hands wouldn't move, and so he laughed himself well with that because he believed that God could do that. And so arthritis went away. And I'm thinking, wait, what's the difference between cancer and serious migraines and different things, all the stuff you've had, and, and God can do this. Why don't you just laugh yourself well of cancer? See, we all look at him, we get all calmed down, but he couldn't. See, he'd learned a lot, but he just was, he couldn't. I said, well, Dad, that's the difference between you and me is I, I am ready to die for what I believe. So that's the key. 
you know. But also I understood that he had put some, thing, he put some spiritual laws in motion. And that couldn't be undone. You know, later on, God spoke to me about a lot of things about that. But, you know, that's a whole other sermon. But what I'm saying, and I don't say that gets somberly. Praise God, my dad's in heaven. We're shouting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But he never did. He couldn't see himself. He couldn't do it. He just couldn't see himself. Amen. And that, from that day, when, they, when that, I remember that in there, and then talking to him, I said, you know what? Glory to God, I can see myself old. Amen. I can see myself old. What, what do you call old? At that time, I was 28 years old, so I thought 65 was old. <laughs> 65, young. It's young. Hallelujah. It ain't old at all. So now, I, you know, I'm thinking 95, maybe 100. You know, hallelujah. That's when I might get to be old, okay? But, you know, but I saw myself doing and seeing things and doing it because I said, I will not. I'm going to finish my course and I'm going to finish it with joy. Amen. Amen. Because I know that the treasure I have, my beliefs are got to be so strong because that's what I live on. I live on my thoughts, I live on my beliefs, and I live on my attitudes. And it's amazing how many people throw up their hands and say, oh, but what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to speak the word. What are we going to do? We're going to stand strong. What are we going to do? We're going to declare Jesus Christ. What are we going to do? We're going to rise up, hallelujah, and let God's word be the sword that it's supposed to be and watch God do miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why, you know, you can always tell where people are at because you can locate them by what they're saying. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? That's why sometimes when I say stupid things, I think, gosh, how'd that get in there? But then I realize it wasn't in my heart, it was just my dumb head. <laughs> you know what has a problem? Let's, let's, let's wrap this thing up. You know what? Many people, they, they are trying so hard to guard their thoughts. And here's the thing, or try to bring their thoughts into captivity because of such the bombardment, is that if we'll put the word of God in the place, if we'll bring the, the thoughts into captivity to the word of God and we'll put the word of God in us in an abundance way, that word will surround and it'll captivate those thoughts. Amen? Now, I don't know about you. I used to have a temper. I used to. I mean, I could be, you know, you know, and uh, I did. I used to have a temper and, and everything, and I just, uh, and you can get mad. And how many know if you give a temper and you get mad, you may say things you're not supposed to say? All right? I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. Thank God for that. I didn't, you know, I never heard my dad say a curse word. Uh, actually, two times. Two times I heard him say Hell. And, and he meant it in that, that way. But it was, it was some things here that were going on. But no, my dad, just he just never did that. And so we weren't allowed to do that. If you, if you cursed in our house or if you cussed, as we said, you were in trouble. You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, not only did you get a whooping from your daddy, but you got your mouth washed out with soap from your mama back in the days, man. And, uh, and then, you know, they just did it. They did good things. It was a, it was a joint effort. That was something you weren't going to get. So you didn't say that. You might say that everywhere else, but you ain't going to say that there. But all of a sudden, I can remember, I was a pastor too, but things were going on, and uh, all of a sudden words would just jump up in my head, and i go, whoa, where'd that word come from? 
I said, all right, that can't happen. I can't say that. I mean, you can't have the pastor cussing. That ain't going to work. <laughs> Amen. Now, I didn't do it. Didn't say it, but I sure thought it. And I thought, we got to bring this into. So I got the Bible out. Got Ephesians 4.29, I will let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hair. I will let no corrupt communication, and I said that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So the next time that I got mad, because I get mad very often, but the next time I got mad, when that thought would come, that scripture just knocked it out. It attacked it. In the minute that that thought or the minute that something, boom, it would do it. It just ate it up. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then pretty soon, I'd get upset and then have any of those thoughts. But the Bible says pretty soon I can control all that. Pretty soon just, you know, deal with my anger or deal with things, you know, and not allow that to mess with me. Why? Because I put the word of God in me until it abounded, until it could eat up whatever was around me. I put the word of God in me. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you know that First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says that each one of you has the mind of Christ? That means you have the imagination of Christ. That means you have the hope, you have the perception. Yeah, that, that word is, is, is N-O-U-S in the Greek, nous. And so when you, when you have that, it basically says that you have Christ's perception. It means you can see the way he sees. Hey, amen? Amen? You have that. It also means that you have the understanding of Christ. It means that you comprehend and you know the meaning and the character interpreting of what he wants it to do. It also means that you have the feeling of Christ. It means you have Christ's emotion. It means that you have Christ's opinion about something. Amen? It also means that you have the judgment of Christ. It means that you have the ability to hear and to decide rightly and discern. It actually is so good. One of the things says it means that you actually have some good sense. I said, Lord, thank you. Everybody has the mind. We got some people with some good sense. Hallelujah. But it also means that you have the determining of Christ, which I thought this one was very interesting. It means that you're established and that you've got resolved. And you have the ability to have, make a decision and to decide rightly. You have the mind of Christ. That's who you are. You have it. Don't let somebody else put words into your mouth. Don't let somebody put thoughts into your head. Don't let somebody else think that they know more than you know. You've got the spirit of God living, and especially if they're not saved. Listen, folks, this has been my mantra or my just shouting out. We're the church. We've got the spirit of the living God living in us. Greater is he that is in us. It's not that we're not teachable. It's not that we don't want to know things. It's just you know the truth. You have the spirit of God. So when people say things or when you read things or you look at things, check it out by the Holy Ghost because he knows all things. He knows everything. And if it doesn't bear witness, if it doesn't, right, stop. Just throw it away. Don't keep reading it. Don't keep feeding it. That's like tasting sour milk and going, oh, well, it's okay. I'm just going to drink the whole gallon. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like eating rotten meat or it's rotten. Oh, it stinks. Oh, I'm going to cook it anyway. What's wrong with you? Come on. We don't do that. We don't do that. Well, don't do it with your mind. Don't do it with your ears. Don't allow the enemy to do that. Stop it. Amen? Because you are in Christ. And you belong to him. Hallelujah. And folks, yeah, it's going to get crazier out there. I, and it's not going to get back to normal. We all think it's going to be. No, it's not. No, it's not. But the church, us. 
God's hand. God's going to do miracle after miracle. God's going to do. God's going to protect you. He is. God's hand is upon you. God's going to direct your steps. God's going to show you. He said he would. Glory to God. And he said the church is going to get brighter and brighter. We know the world's getting darker now, but the church is going to get brighter and brighter. And God's hand. And if you need a miracle, God's going to give you the miracle. If you need divine favor, God's going to give you favor. If you need healing, God's going to give you healing. If you need protection, God's going to give you protection. If you need provision, God's going to give you provision. He's going to order your steps. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And that's not a fairy tale. That's truth. That's the word of the Lord. That's what God says. But you've got to stand up. You've got to believe it. And you've got to start saying it. And you've got to quit letting your imagination defeat you. See, so many people defeat themselves by what, what, how they think they are. I like what one person said. You might have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. That doesn't define you. And your first response doesn't have to be your last response. All of us have a bad first response. All of us have a bad first response. We do. We don't. Like, I cut this off. You're driving. You don't have a good response. Somebody does think. I mean, I was at the bank yesterday, and I just knew, and I have so many things to do, and I went into the drive thing, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just one car behind this car, and, and there was, I said, well, I'll just get over here and be okay. Well, this car went, this car went, this car went, this car went, this guy just sitting there. I was like, Lord, okay, what do you want me to learn right now? I'm just going to pray. I'm here. Obviously, I need to take a moment to listen. <laughs> and I thought, all these other cars must know about this car because I'm the only one over here and every car pulling up is going this way. And I'm like, okay, you know. Ten minutes later, they finally left. You know, uh, and, and I, you know, of course, I talked to the Lord all the way home about that, so I could guard my heart. But you know, now most of you, you would have backed up and went over to the other lane. But every time I tried to do that, somebody else pulled in. No, I didn't try. I just stayed there and said, "Okay, Lord." Praise God, I chose this one. I'm going to walk in love, and I'm going to walk in, the, in what you have to do here. And I'll just take some time to pray and fellowship with you. I'm going to take this opportunity that the devil is trying to, to make me mad. He's trying to get me upset. I am going to turn it around. Amen. And you have to do that. So, so, oh, and I don't do that because I'm such an anointed pastor. I, I, my flesh rises up. My first response was, what? <laughs> you know, I don't want to tell you what my first response was, but... <laughs> I was like, you know, and then I start talking to God, God, I don't have time for this. <laughs> He's like, you should have planned better. <laughs> hey, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Lord, I just trust that I stir the hearts of the people, that I stir up their imagination, that I stir up their spiritual looking and seeing, Father, that they begin to have vision for the future. No matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, you've got a plan and a purpose, and you want us to see things. You want us to begin to see us doing things, see us winning the lost, see us laying hands on the sick, see us uh, uh, prospering in the things that you want us to prosper in so that we can be a blessing, Father. Lord, we honor you for that. Father, open their eyes to see the potential and the, and the joy and the, what you have. Father, I do ask that you do exceeding abundantly above all that they could even ask or think. 
according to the power that works within them. Lord, let your power work in them greatly. Let the word of God work in them. Let it rise up, hallelujah, and let them begin to believe you. Father, the greatest truth in all the world is that Jesus loves us. That we had to receive him as our Lord and as our Savior. Father, somebody shared with us the gospel. Somebody shared with us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Somebody shared with us that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. Father, Father, you told us and you shared, and they told us that if we would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we would just say with our mouth and accept him as our Lord and Savior and declare him as our Lord and as our Savior, that we'd have eternal life. And we did that. But Father, we want the world to know that's all they have to do is cry and to call out to Jesus. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Lord, my, my heart's cry is that everybody in this building be born again. And if you're here in this building and you're not saved, I want you to be. It's not about joining our church. It's not about that. It's about joining the family of God. It's about believing in your heart. Hallelujah. And confessing with your mouth. You've got to open your mouth. You've got to say, Jesus, I, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I receive it. And Jesus, I declare you're my Lord and Savior because I believe in my heart and I confess you as Lord and Savior. And if you're here and, and you have never done that and you want to, I'll lead you in a prayer. I help you. You can do it right where you're at there, but it'd be nice if you, know, you say, hey, I want to, Jesus said, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. And if you're not sure, listen, you need to be sure. It's that simple because something supernatural happens when you actually mean it, when you actually do it from your heart. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, pray for me, just raise your hand real high and I'll pray for you. I love you. Glory to God. I, I, want, I want your life to be changed. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. I see that. Glory to God. See that hand. Is somebody else. Amen. God's good. God loves you. He cares for you. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead. Let's all declare it because it does good for all of us to share and declare. Let's do that. Let's just believe in our heart and let's just begin. It's good to just, oh, let's Jesus be Lord of our life. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus just for me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for being raised from the dead, just for me. So right now, I do believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I thank you and praise you because I do pray as I've preached this morning, I've preached to the body of Christ because the imagination of the world is going crazy. We know it's like the days of Noah and they don't have any good. It's all evil. Every, and they think they're doing good. That's what's so sad about it. They think they're doing good by what they're trying to do. And, uh, and that's the worst kind. But Father, we thank you that our imagination is going to be for good. Our imagination is for what the church is doing. You said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We have the power. We have the authority. So we're going to keep marching on. We're going to keep moving forward. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for these amazing, amazing folks. 
Thank you, Father, for touching their lives, meeting every need that they have, working things out, giving them favor. Hallelujah. Because, Father, you're going to provide no matter what you're going to provide. Lord, we honor you for it, and we thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.